Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us. I'm extraordinarily thankful to be your host. We're taking kind of a deep dive into the archaeological endeavor. I think you'll find it interesting. And we're using the Wycliffe uh, Dictionary of Biblical Archaeology, editor Charles Pfeiffer, kind of dated, but a lot of great information on how archaeological digs are conducted so we're on page 62. Check out our other podcast. Please subscribe. Also check us out over at New Life of Albany, Georgia on YouTube. Grateful to be there. Also our Facebook page. So let's jump in. Thank you for being here. So sometimes inscriptions occur in excavations. I'll just read a little bit. It's our textbook and then just make some comments. Uh, which refer to kings or events which may be dated. Coins also provide dating evidence, particularly for periods after about 500 B.C., once clear dating evidence is available for a particular level, items of pottery, jewelry, architecture, etc., which occur in that level are associated with the same general age. This has been the case like at Masada, Qumran, uh, the Herodium, um, the first Christian ossuary cemetery at Talpiath, on and on, dated before 45 A.D., just very invaluable. Um, thereafter, similar items found elsewhere provide a clue to the date of the environment in which they occur. In more recent years, the physicists have provided the archaeologists with the method of radiocarbon dating, which I teach science in the Bible, go into great depth of the pros and cons of that. It can be used, um, but it has some high inaccuracy rates. It really needs... Uh, multiple, like to be carbon dated, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple times to make sure that it's, you don't get just a bad reading because occasionally you can get things that you know are a certain age, like you just, you, the historical record is, and, and it dates it far differently than that. Um, so it's a method which is of greater value for early periods since the later periods may be dated by other means. Finally, a comparison with the information obtained in close proximity to the country being studied enables archaeologists to reach a reasonable degree of certainty in regard to the dating of the various cultural periods of his own area. At the same time, he is able to attach an approximate date to a wide variety of items of daily use, pottery, tools, ornaments, etc., as well as archaeological features. With such knowledge as this, he is able to conduct preliminary surface surveys in order to determine the approximate period of occupation for sites which have not been excavated. And I'll tell you how important that is. Like when Kathleen Kenyon was going through Jericho, she expected to find scarabs because scarabs would be found at a certain age point. She didn't, so she dated Jericho differently. Then she found out, or she actually didn't, it was later discovered that she was doing the drilling, the core samples, from a poor part of the city. They did find scarabs in the wealthier parts of the city. So that's why I said there's so many variations there. But to say, you know, scarabs were ubiquitous in this part of the Levant in a certain time period, Holy Land, I mean, that's, that's pretty precise. When I say precise, I mean, we're talking 50 75 years, when you're talking 3,500 years, that, that's precise. 
Okay, so the procedure has proved particularly useful in Transjordan and the Negev, that's the southern part of Israel, where Nelson Gluck, great archaeologist, Jewish archaeologist, I think, has visited thousands of ancient sites in the course of several years. Notice that just in Transjordan, that's the area around Jordan, the Jordan River, in southern Israel, thousands of sites. There's still <laughs> over 1,500 plus to go. From the pieces of broken pottery potsherds, which lie scattered on the mounds in these areas, he has been able to suggest a general cultural history of the area without actual excavation. Exploration and excavation in Bible lands during the 19th century, interest in biblical sites all over the Near East grew apace. And really, it started out in Sumer, Mesopotamia. Massive. When I say started out, I mean there was some before that, but that's when it really exploded. When you start finding Babylon, you start finding ancient, or ancient cities in Babylon and all this. Um, in Palestine proper, as well as the Transjordan, Syria, Turkey, Iraq, Persia, and Egypt, travelers set out to survey many ancient towns known from the Bible. For convenience, brief reference will now be made to three areas of exploration and excavation. So, exploration and excavation in Palestine. I love this history. It's one reason I love the archaeology in the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, is the history. In 1838, Edward Robinson and Eli Smith undertook the first serious surface exploration of Palestine, were able to identify several Bible towns. I do want to mention, too, George Smith's one of the giants in biblical archaeology from this approximate time period the mid-1800s. In 1850, 1851, 1863, F.D. Salsay, S-A-U-L-C-Y, explored and excavated in several places. In 1865, the Palestine Exploration Fund was established and significant work was carried out by Charles Warren, Charles Wilson, Charles Claremont, uh, Gunno with a G, C.R. Condor, and others. And Gunno, I'm, I'm relatively well acquainted with very good archaeologists there and fascinatingly enough i mean it was mostly palestinian a lot of christians bedouins not a large jewish population at all at that time this was decades before theodore herzl the zionist movement and the uh, things that occurred after that so we're going to stop there and just keep going um, in a couple nights on this. We appreciate you being here. Share with your friends, family, church family. Leave us a five-star review. And uh, I'm just going to mention again, please share. It just really helps people find us. I'm terrible with uh, the internet. <laughs> friend of mine, Derek Seagraves, helped me get set up on Anchor. And the only reason I'm able to do this is because it requires almost no technical skills. So God bless you. We love you. And so we need to get the word out because I don't have a Twitter account. I don't have any kind of account. So we'll see you. Bye.